1: Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. And now it's my great pleasure to introduce to you our guest speaker for today, Reverend Dr. Ariana Plotten. Ariana is an international speaker, author, and courage builder. She's the founder of A Soulful World, a global wisdom community serving people in more than 50 countries. As a master ceremonialist and practical mystic, Ariana is widely appreciated for her authenticity, her professional insights, and her coaching on the process of change. Ariana mentors highly motivated individuals and teams who seek to align right livelihood, intuitive purpose, and heart-centered living. A former ambassador for the parliament of the world's religions, Ariana is a featured wisdom keeper in the acclaimed international film and docu-series Time of the Sixth Sun. She has traveled the world to explore its cultural differences and human similarities, speaking to religious and tribal leaders from 250 countries. Her weekly newspaper column, In Good Faith, is seen by over 100,000 readers each week, and her beautifully illustrated book, The Changing Story, is a well-loved gift for children and adults alike. Please join me in welcoming Reverend Dr. Ariana Plotten.
0: Good morning. What a pleasure it is to be here with you this morning. I am in all of that stuff. What didn't get said is I'm a unity minister and I'm in Colorado Springs and uh, it's snowing in Colorado Springs this morning. So I'm sending some cool your way calming down the heat in Texas. I spent lots of years there, and I know Texas can be very warm this kind of year. And so uh, so happy to spend this day with you. I want to start this morning asking you to please repeat a statement after me. And there will be two parts to it. The first is this, I am God expressing. I am God expressing. The second is this, everything is God expressing. I am God expressing. Everything is God expressing. That's what I want you to take home with you today, and we'll repeat it several times as we go. But I want to ask you to start with me this morning by suspending some beliefs, because Jean-Marie asked me to come in and speak this morning about connecting with nature and what it means to hear the voice of the Holy coming through nature to you. So I want to ask you to envision, if you will, those kind of three-tiered metal um, baskets that you can hang in your kitchen. And when you hang them up, you can place your bananas and your potatoes and your avocados all in those separate baskets. That's called a suspension basket. So what I want you to do this morning is just take your belief system, whatever that is, and for just this few moments we're together, I want you to just set it in the basket. It's right there, you can bring it back. It totally belongs to you, I will not take it away. But I'm gonna introduce some ideas that for some of you may be new this morning. And I wanna invite you to just be present to them rather than feeling like you have to run them through your own filters. Just be present to some possibilities. So as we set this up, I'm gonna start with this, this cool little rope which is actually just a lanyard, but I'm going to cover that part. So what you see in front of you is just a circle, very simple circle. And I want to speak to you about those two principles that you talked about this morning. The first is that there is one God. And the second is that because we are one with that God, that God is good. We are therefore good. We agree to those things, right? There is one God, that God is good, and we are part of that God. I am God expressing. We are part of that God, and we are good. So how is it that one God becomes two, me and God? Whatever you call God, whatever word. It sounds really, really complicated to think about God becoming us about God becoming something different than God, great spirit, the great mystery, however we want to name that holy force. But to make two from one is very simple. One, two. Very, very simple. And yet, even in two, this is still one, isn't it? When we look at one, and turn it into two, we can believe that it's two. And it is, as we look at it. But if we were to change our perspective a little bit and create a little space there, we would see that it never stopped becoming one. It's never stopped being one, did it? It's always one. And so it is with the Holy. With the Holy, it's always one, even though it looks like two or it looks like many. We are one with the holy. We are God expressing in this form, on this planet, in the way that we do. And we have a way of believing that we are the only things that express as God. But in reality, when when we look at the way the earth came into beginning... There was a whole lot of expression of God before we got here, wasn't there? There was a whole bunch. So let's think about it this way. I want you to put your arm out in front of you. And I'm going to turn a little bit just so you can see this. And if this is your arm, just to give you some perspective on the creation process, right here is your shoulders. This here at your shoulders is where the big big bang happened. That was about 4.5 billion years ago. And then all the way down here where your wrist is, this is about 460 billion years ago where the very first real kind of picture we might have of the Garden of Eden, the, the beauty and, and lushness of the earth, all the plants and, and um, forces of nature came into real being. And then somewhere down here about where my fingernail is, that's where the dinosaurs came. That's, that's about 66 million years ago when we had dinosaurs on the earth. And then down here at the very, very tip of my fingernail or your fingernail, if you're still following me along, down here at the very, very tip of your fingernail is where we as humans joined the earth. So if we took a little nail file and just scratched the end of that, we would take off all the wars, all the births and deaths, all of the life of what now is over 7 billion people on the planet, just at that very, very tip. So we are very new to this place. There's a whole lot of life that's been here a lot longer than us, has a whole lot of wisdom to share. And it came here, it came into being as the creation of the holy. So here's the thing. Some of you may have had one of these when you were a kid. This is a, it's called the bed of nails, actually. And it's all kinds of fun to play with. You can put your hand in there and make all kinds of things out of it. So here's the thing. This is what what Charles Fillmore taught us, is that, that there is a substance to life that is the holy, that is what we call Christ consciousness, or Myrtle often referred to as the infinite mind of God, and that this substance, substance, what is below all life, is the holy. There is nothing that is anything less than God. There can't be. If we live within God, then everything around us lives within God. Everything we are is the holy there is nothing else so i can assume that this is the substance of god and i can from the body of god bring forth human life or i can bring forth sunglasses or let's see i brought this other little thing this is a flower i just brought back from hawaii so if I take the time to put that in there, right, then I can bring forth, I'll turn that a little bit so you can see it, I can bring forth also the beauty of nature from the substance of God, right? Are you with me? Nod your head because I can see you. Yay. Okay. Okay. So this is the foundation for understanding the value of nature that we understand what we said before. I am God expressing, everything is God expressing. There is nothing around us that is anything less than the holy. So what's really interesting about this is is the ancients have known this, our ancestors knew it, the indigenous cultures knew this, but science is finally catching up. And science is saying, oh, wow, we are 99.99999% space. What does that mean? Like, I don't feel like I'm space. I feel pretty solid to me. But what we have learned from science and from the ancients, if we pay attention to those things, is that there is much more energy to life than there is substance so that makes sense doesn't it if we go back to this model and we say everything rises from the energy that is the holy everything comes from there every rabbit every tree every rock every river every cloud every person arises out of the body of the Holy. So if that's true and we can communicate with one another, then doesn't it always also make sense that we can communicate with anything? That if I am the face of God expressing to you and you are the face of God expressing to me, then isn't every tree and every bird song and every splash of water in a river Isn't that also God expressing? Yes. Yes. So here we are down here at our little fingertip, down at the very edge of what's been created, thinking how brilliant we are, how far we've come, how much we know, how wise we are. And somewhere back here, millions of years back, All of these beautiful facets of nature began. The clouds and the rivers and the trees and the the beauty, the animals, the beauty that is nature began. Who do you think has been here long enough to collect more wisdom? Us down here or all of nature back here? There is this tremendous wealth of information and interconnection and um, God presence available in nature. And what what is really interesting about it is at a core level, we know this. At a core level, when we really need to take care of ourselves, we go for a walk. We get out in nature. We sit under a tree. We lay in the grass. We do the things that ground us and bring us present in our form that allow us to settle down what is bothering us. All of that, all of that we know inherently here. But we don't think to talk to nature. So I want to tell you about this little experience. Um, And I've been doing this my whole life. My very whole life, nature has been speaking to me. And in my whole life of nature speaking to me, I've only heard it call me by name one time. I have only heard nature use English one time. And it was, I had planted a, had purchased a Christmas tree and planted the tree outside. We bought one with the root ball and everything intact. And it needed water. And it literally called me and said, I'm thirsty. And I went over and watered it and it never spoke to me again. Never heard another word. Nature has called me by many other voices. And so I want you to think for a minute about what you came equipped with when you came here that you came equipped with a physical form that can do all kinds of amazing things. It can feel, it can hear, it can see, it can taste, it can touch. And it has an inherent ability to know things that you didn't think here that come from here at the heart. The things that we didn't process through that suddenly come in and we just no. All of that, all of that gifting is part of the creative source, isn't it? It's what we were given as we came into and emerged from the body of the holy so that we could navigate this land and we could learn about life. And we get very wrapped up in the human part of that, in the work that we do and the importance of life and the stuff that we have to take care of and the bills that we have to pay, and all of those things that in our human minds have become incredibly important. And yet, all of those things distract us from the beauty of life around us and all of the ways that God expresses. We spend far more time inside than we do outside, far more time behind the walls and behind the screens than we do allowing ourselves to connect with the natural world around us. And yet, wisdom is waiting for us in the natural world. The natural world has a way of existing. And you've probably heard it said before, when we think about all the things that are happening on the planet, that if the earth were to lose its human beings, if we were something were to happen to us and we were to go away, it wouldn't stop earth, would it? Any more than earth didn't exist before it got to the edge of its little fingernail. The earth is a, is a living energy of the holy, a living expression of God in all of its forms. And when we come to understand that, we live differently on the earth. We walk differently because our feet are touching the holy. We interact with the planet differently. We take care of our resources differently. There is so much conversation right now about how we will bring ourselves back from whatever is going on on our planet. And the real truth is, the wisdom for healing exists in the earth. We simply have to start being as wise as the earth is. Pay attention to what we know. If the waters are unclear, we need to stop putting things in the water. If the air is unclear, we have to think about what we're putting in the air. If we're running out of resources, we have to think about where those resources come from and how long it takes for those resources to grow to fruition. All of those very simple, very basic, very powerful lessons were the lessons that that our Indigenous ancestors, and we all have them, because Indigenous means we're of the earth. So we all have Indigenous ancestors. We all came from this place. All of those Indigenous ancestors and Indigenous lessons seem so simple. We are interconnected to all things. All things are the same as us, of equal value to us. They are all the holy expressing, just as we are the holy expressing. I am God expressing. Everything is God expressing. So I want to invite you to consider for a moment what it would mean if God was expressing to you, with you, around you, through you, every single second of every single minute of every single hour of every single day of every single year for every single bit of your entire life what if you have never been alone ever because how can you be you are one with God just like we showed you at the very beginning right this is where you begin. And even though it looks like this, you are eternally, inseparably one with God. So when you go out into nature, you have an opportunity to interact with the holy. When I was 40 years old, I went through a very painful divorce. And at that time, a friend of mine called me and she said, completely unrelated, she called me and she said, oh my God, you have to go to the park down the street. There is this amazing live oak and it sits, the branches reach out over the river. And if you sit up there, you can sit kind of between the heavens and the earth and watch the water sparkle. And it's just amazing. So I went there. Park was about three miles down the road from my house and I was struggling my heart was breaking and I went to this park and I walked clear across the park to where the pond was and there was a bench at the bottom and then this this amazing tree that kind of looked like a spider all it had eight branches and all the branches came out but only one was low enough for me to actually get up in the tree and I can tell you I'm a few years older than 40 now but I can tell you at 40 I wasn't quite sure I could climb a tree but I tried, and I got up there, and I managed to scoot myself backwards up the branch until I got far enough out that I was over the river. And it was a, a pretty wide branch, and I could just sit there and feel the breeze running through my hair and feel the sun on my skin. It was in, in Texas, in San Antonio, as a matter of fact, so you know that the sun is, is pretty warm there, and I could feel that warm sun and the steadiness of that tree I felt held in a way that I hadn't in a very long time settled in and held and as I was sitting there remembering which I as I said nature's been speaking to me my whole life so I was remembering that this was a living being holding me and I put my hands on the branch and just said what's your name and across the screen of my eyes, you ever have, you close your eyes and something just shows up there? In, right in that screen, I saw the word SUTAK, S-U-T-A-K, which I shortened to Sue because it was way easier to remember. I just called her Sue. And she said, why are you here? She said it to my heart, not to my ears, why are you here? And I said, because I'm heartbroken and I don't know what to do. And she drew my attention down to her base, which was really wide, too wide for me to put my arms around. And I got this vision of the rings, the inside rings of a tree. And she explained to me about the layers of bark and how that bark has come to be to protect that tree. How important it is that sometimes we protect our heart especially after something tender has happened, that it's important that we do that, and it's okay. She really gave me permission at that time in my life to protect my heart while I was healing. But at the same time, she called my attention up to the tallest branches, and in the very tip-top of those branches were those really lime green, new leaves, you know, the really soft, pretty ones that you look at them and you think, that color can't be real, but it is those really soft green leaves just reaching out, brand new baby leaves just reaching out. And she reminded me at the same time that while I'm protecting my heart, I still need to be reaching out in new ways. That this is not one part, but a wholeness that we move through life in a whole way and that we shield ourselves when we need to. And we also remember to reach out into life And to find our way to what is new and what spirit is providing for us. That seems like such a small little bit of information, and yet it was life changing for me. It was life changing because I was doing a lot of beating up on myself, because I was feeling very armored, and so I kind of got some permission to take care of myself and life-changing because it gave me courage to look at my life and see where I could reach into something new. That's just one example of how nature has touched my life and and how some of the wisest lessons in my life and the greatest growth in my life has come from interacting with nature. You know, if if you want to understand about community, lay yourself down in the grass again. Remember how you did that as a kid you lay on your belly and you put your hands on your on your your chin on your hands and you watch all of the things in life that move between the blades of grass all of the ways that they move around and with each other how they how big life is for them and it's all happening right below our feet we don't even see it When you take time to do those things that you did as a kid, the miracles of life start happening to you again. You start remembering that you are part of something so profound and magical. And if that doesn't work for you, flip over on your back and lay there like you did when you were a little kid with your hands under your head and watch the clouds. Watch the messages. How many things did you see in the clouds? How many different messages came? What if all of those were messages from God? Even the funny ones, which is just God playing with you. What if all those things are God's giant etch-a-sketch? How cool would that be? How much time would you spend laying on your back to watch God? To watch what's coming to you. It changes your life if you believe that everything in life is God expressing, and if you actually pay attention to what is around you as though it was the hand and heart and soul and meaning of the holy touching your life, reminding you that you're never alone, giving you messages to guide you. I am God expressing. Everything is God expressing. My favorite author is an Irish poet and philosopher. His name is John O'Donohue. Some of you might be familiar with him. He says this about nature. When the mind is festering with trouble or the heart torn, we can find healing among the silence of mountains or fields Or listen to the simple, steadying rhythm of waves. The slowness and stillness gradually take us over. Our breathing deepens, and our hearts calm, and our hungers relent. When serenity is restored, new perspectives open to us, and difficulty can begin to seem like an invitation to new growth. This invitation to friendship with nature does, of course, entail a willingness to be out there alone. Yet this aloneness is anything but lonely. Solitude gradually clarifies the heart until a true tranquility is reached. The irony is that at the heart of that aloneness, you feel intimately connected with the world. Indeed, the beauty of nature is often the wisest balm for it gently relieves and releases the caged mind. In today's world, it's challenging. And in unity, we work hard to think about the challenges of life in a positive way, and also to be careful that we don't paint positivity over the world in such a way that we forget to deal with the realities of life, that we lose our compassion for one one another or lose track of some of the struggles that life brings us. Nature is a soothing balm, a wise balm, a place we can go to find peace. And the aloneness can be as alone as in your own backyard. If you're not the person that wants to go wander through the woods by yourself, go sit in your backyard, sit in a park, lay in the grass, sit up against a tree. Take a moment to pay attention. Assume for a moment that what has happened around you, the entire structure of the day, every cloud in the sky, every blade of grass beneath your feet, the leaves that are rustling in the wind, that all of that was constructed by the Holy for you, for that moment. That is how That is how it works when you're one with God. When everything is one with God, every single piece of what you experience is the gift of the holy. Take a deep breath and close your eyes. Let yourself comfortably feel your feet on the earth. Let your hands rest in your lap. Notice your body. Notice where you feel the shirt you're wearing against your skin. Notice the temperature of the room you're in. Allow your mind to be free. There's no place to be and nothing to do, only the gift of this very moment and this moment, and this moment." The imagination opens us to the wisdom of the holy. Allow your imagination to follow these words. Simply imagine a place in nature. Imagine that you are agile and comfortable and at ease enough to sit down on the earth, that the grass or the ground beneath you is soft, that there's a gentle breeze, just the temperature you love, rustling your hair and whispering in the treetops. Imagine a fragrance on the wind, Maybe it's the fragrance of pine or the fragrance of flowers, a fragrance that calls you to your heart space. Imagine the soft song of the birds. And notice that there's movement, life all around you. Beauty and life and peace. Allow your heart to bring forth the memory of the most peaceful time you can think of having been in nature, when you felt at one with everything, safe and calm, not thinking, just being. We've heard the story of the Garden of Eden so often the focus is on the things that took us from the garden rather than the garden. What might it have been like? What if we never left? What if the Garden of Eden is what is around us every moment of life? What if this place you see and sense and feel is indeed Eden? In Hebrew, The word Eden means delight, the garden of delight. And how does nature bring you delight? Through its sounds, through the beauty you see, through the soft touch of a flower petal, through the warmth of the sun on your skin. In the moments that we connect with nature We remember who we really are. Take a moment of silence in this sacred space and feel the embrace of God. This holy sacred moment and every holy sacred moment and there are none that are anything less than that. You sit in the Garden of Eden, you sit in the arms of the holy held as you gently find your way back into this room, my friend. Joe Uvegas is here to share with you some music, some thoughts from the Garden of Eden, Joe.
2: a single cell jump and home, with joy as though to say, this is my home, this is my only home, this is the only sacred ground I have ever known, should I stray, through the dark night alone, rock me guys, in the gentle arms of you. And the day grew bright and rounder, and the one turned into two, and the two into ten thousand things, and old things into new. And on some virgin beachhead, one lonesome critter crawled, and he looked about and shouted out, in his most astonished drawl, This is my home, this is my only home. This is the only sacred ground I have ever known Should I stray through the dark night alone Rock me guys in the gentle arms of Eden Soon all the sky was buzzing And the ground was carpet green And the weary children of the woods Went dancing in between And the people sang rejoicing, when their fields were glad with grain. This song of celebration, from their cities on the plain. This is my home. This is my only home. This is the only sacred ground I ever known. Should I stray through the dark night alone? Rock me, guys? In the gentle arms of you, la 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 la, la la, la 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 la. gather smoke upon the harbor and factories on the shore And the world is ill With greed and will And enterprise of war But I will lay my burdens On the shoulders of your grace And the shining beaches Of your love And the sea of your embrace This is my home this is my only home, this is the only sacred ground I have ever known. Should I stray through the dark night alone, rock me goddess in the gentle arms of Eden, rock
0: you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.